welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, today we're going to be talking about Queen Elizabeth. Queen Elizabeth died of a broken heart. Why and what it portends. Um, I don't know if you, uh, how you feel or felt, <laughs> still feel, actually, the, um, the, uh, um, funeral isn't going to be until the end of the month, so this is going to be uh, um, quite some time that we're going to be hearing about Queen Elizabeth. Um, I felt the loss personally. I have a lot of connections to England and the royal family um, that began when I was a little girl reading Jane Austen books. Um, but then I lived in London, and um, I'll tell you about some of my connections later. Um so when I heard about her death, I mean, she was 96, and so it's not like a total surprise. And yet at the same time, her mother lived to 100. She seemed to be in fine fettle. They were talking about how she was even just two days before she. Uh, there was a picture of her. The last picture was taken two days before she died on September 8th. She died on September 8th, 2022. And so two days before, um, there's a picture of her uh, greeting the new prime minister. And um, and looking, you know, smiling and looking quite well. And she, people around her, people who saw her um, said that she, you know, she seemed in, in good spirits and she seemed... Um, not in any way failing. So um, to that extent, it was a surprise. I mean, of course, Prince Charles at that time um, did move closer to where she was in Balmoral um, in Scotland. And um, even before, before the word went out by the doctors that Queen Elizabeth needed uh, and was under medical supervision, you know that was the uh, that was the nice way, the polite way of saying that they thought she was dying. So at that point, um, Prince Charles and other royal family came to her in Balmoral, where she was, and that is her summer residence and her favorite place to be. And um, that ties into why uh, she died at this particular time and. Um, and so today I'm going to be talking to you about how her death uh, was is not only mourned, you know, there are a lot of people who are feeling very sad around the world, but also it sent the whole world into a tizzy. So I'm going to be telling you about why I think that she died of a broken heart. The autopsy results are not in, or at least they have not been uh, assuming that there was an autopsy. Uh, they are not in, and um, and um, so we don't know the the uh, who you know who knows if they would ever actually tell what the autopsy finds, but um, but we don't have the official results yet. However, um, I feel quite uh, quite confident in telling you my my diagnosis. Um, 
as a psychiatrist and as a physician, of course, first, and um, as someone who has followed the royal family uh, for many years. Um, so my my diagnosis or my uh, of, of what happened, why she died, is she died of a broken heart. Now, why do I say that? <laughs> I will tell you about that as we continue. So we knew it was coming. We knew that she was uh, going to die at some point, not into the in the too far distant future. Um, you know, because she was 96, but as I said, her mother lived to 100, and she was in fine fiddle. But um, the fact that we knew that it was coming eventually, you know, that her years were ebbing, <laughs> doesn't make it any less painful. And her death really feels quite personal to many people who didn't even know her personally. I mean, of course, it feels personal to the people um that she reigned over, but it feels personal to people who never even saw her or met her because of what well, we, you know, all of us have seen her um, in the media, although she didn't do for a queen, she didn't do that many uh, media interviews. Um, of course, before her in the, in the Kings and Queens before her, um, there really wasn't the kind of media that we have today, certainly not the internet. But we, we have seen pictures of her. We have seen um, media interviews on the internet, on television, and so on. So it makes people feel all over the world that we know her. And the reason why it feels so personal is because um, not only was she a uh, devoted ruler and um, and, you know, very bright and very, um, you know, devoted to her people and so on. But she also had a great sense of humor. She smiled a lot. I, lo I loved her matching uh, outfits with her hats. Um, that, that was, uh, you know, she was always... She was always um, very, paid a lot of attention to how she dressed, and she was always very civil. Um, she was a granny to us all. In addition to all of these, you know, traits that we admire, um, she really was, the reason why it's, where it's an emotional situation, why we feel emotionally about her, is because really she was like our granny. And um, she was the pinnacle of social graces. And in some ways, her death seems like the final curtain for civility in the modern world. You know, um, she was uh, she was the epitome of social graces, and and you know where of course that is lacking. That has been going downhill all over the world um, rapidly. That people are not really. Um, paying attention to social graces and uh, how they dress and, you know, except for special occasions and so on. Um, but what made her most beloved was her sense of humor and playfulness. And one of my favorite uh, memories of her is um, the video that she did with Paddington Bear uh, for her Jubilee. There is a video of that on the internet. 
And it really, you know, it's it just shows that she's she was never a stuffy queen. You know, she, although of course she was devoted and took her job incredibly seriously, she went through um, World War, uh, COVID, um, terrorism, all kinds of you know serious things that she, you know, that that people were depending upon her to get us through. Um, she also had this this humorous side. And uh, one of the things it talked about in this video uh, with Paddington Bear was her love of marmalade sandwiches and how she purportedly kept them in her purse. So no doubt George, Charlotte, and Lewis will uh, miss these marmalade sandwiches. So um, why do I say that she died from a broken heart? Well, primarily, it has to do with the stress caused by Harry and Meghan, and particularly Meghan. Meghan's diabolical behavior. Um, when they, uh, when you look at the timing, now in case you, you know, there are people, in case you don't want to believe what I'm saying, what does Megan have to do with it? How much stress did Megan put on her? How would that make a, her heart break and so on? Let me tell you the dates, the timing of things that happened both to Prince Philip in terms of his death and now um, Queen Elizabeth. First of all, May 19th, 2018 was the wedding. Then January um 2020 harry and megan announced that they were leaving the royal family then march 3rd 2021 prince philip had heart surgery march 7th 2021 was the oprah interview and then one month later after the oprah interview on april 9th 2021 prince philip died prince philip in other words died of a broken heart one month after the Oprah interview. Now, uh, moving on, in the summer of 2021, Penguin Random House announced an upcoming tell-all book by Harry. You know, you would think they would have maybe delayed the announcement of that since Prince Philip had just died. Um, and then in late and then, uh, so that was the, you know, summer of 2021. And then they said, that the book was going to come out in late 2022. So in other words, between the fall and Christmas this year. Now, needless to say, Queen Elizabeth, who died on September 8th, <laughs> did not want to be around when Harry's tell-all book, and believe me, it's not just Harry's tell-all, Megan had her hand <laughs> firmly inside that book, um, she, Queen Elizabeth did not want to be around when Harry's book with his tell-all scandals came out. And so, um, and then to top it off, the final uh, nail in the coffin, so to speak, was when Meghan and Harry uh, just came to England for a, quote, royal tour, unquote. Um, they came to the UK, and um, within the week, uh, Queen Elizabeth died. Now, those things are not coincidence. Um, when one of the things that I thought of, you know, as they were, um, the, the the reports were coming out about her death and about, you know, the family um, coming to her side and so on, um, 
I tweeted about, uh, you know, please don't let Megan come to her deathbed because that is the last thing, the last person who Queen Elizabeth would want to see. You know, can you imagine the last sight before she closes her eyes and goes to heaven? That is, That would be horrific. Well, fortunately, I don't know if Charles saw my tweet <laughs> or he figured this out on his own or um, Megan couldn't face the royal family that close up, you know, at the Queen's bedside when everyone would be staring at her knowing that she had a lot to do with the Queen's death. Whatever it was, fortunately, Megan did not come to the bedside um, as the Queen was dying. Not only, however, um, has this has the death of the Queen affected her family, but it has affected um, the world as well in various ways. Um, now, before I go into these, you know, the other ways um, that it has affected the world uh, and and her family, um, I, I let me tell you how it is that I am connected to uh, to to England and to the royal family and so on. Um, first of all, I I start. I said it began when I my favorite author uh, was Jane Austen. And um, then I lived in London while I was studying at Anna Freud's Hampstead Clinic and doing research at the Maudsley Mental Hospital. That's when I really became a staunch admirer of the Queen and began following her more closely, not, not stalking her, not literally following her in the, in the streets, although I have been, <laughs> I mean, who hasn't been to see the... Um, the changing the guards at Buckingham Palace. I've been there several times. But I then returned to London. Um, I've been to London many, many times besides when I lived there. And so um, one of the times that I returned was the, their one-year anniversary of 7-7. That was the their major terror attack. In other words, their 9-11. And my book, Coping with Terrorism, was it, coping with terrorism dreams interrupted was the um anniversary edition um of the one year anniversary of seven seven it was published as the anniversary edition and what else i also one of the, another time that i came back was in 2018 when my book lions and tigers and terrorists oh my how to protect your child in a time of terror was given a london book festival award and at that time, I appeared on Good Morning Britain to talk about it, um, which is also, that is on YouTube as well. Um, now, I am also the American ambassador of Kate Middleton's fashion show dress, the sexy dress uh, that she wore in, a, in, her, in the college fashion show that got William to look at her and say, wow, she's hot. She got out of the fr friend zone and was into the hot zone. And I'm also the owner of Wallace Simpson's lingerie. Um, and both of these items uh, have, I have contributed to the Prince Diana, uh, Princess Diana exhibit in Las Vegas, which just opened and which also has a lot of things about the queen. Um, I also have was married to a Cambridge professor. And last but not least, I have two cats named Prince George and Princess Charlotte. So if you're wondering, 
if you're wondering how I'm an expert on the queen, all put all of this together, and um, and <laughs> I have been following all of this very closely. But quite frankly, uh, in addition to that, as a psychiatrist, it really you know it's really um, quite easy to see. I mean, when following her, following the queen and seeing um, some of the illnesses that she developed and so on, um, and when she developed them you really see how it's connected to um as i was saying to uh to megan and harry and when we come back i will talk more about megan and harry and what's happening in in england and um and what is happening around the world in response to the queen's death how people are reacting in mad ways crazy ways So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch, where we're talking today about the Queen, Queen Elizabeth, and her death. And um, in fact, it's called today, Queen Elizabeth Died of a Broken Heart, why and what it portends. So um, her her um, casket will will lay in state for a while, 
Um, let me just make some, and, and her, her, um, her burial is her funeral um, is September 29th. Um, but I just want to add a couple of things to what I was saying before. Um, it's, you know, I was going through the dates and um, for example, the fact that uh, the Oprah interview was March 7th, 2021 and Prince Philip died a month later, April 9th, 2021. And then in the summer of 2021, uh, that's when Penguin Random House announced the tell-all book by Harry. And um, let me just add that um, qu the Queen went to the hospital in October 2021. Now, that is, again, not a coincidence. No sooner had they announced this book. like she, I mean, Meghan and Harry have been putting stress, uh, stress on them since at least their wedding of May and May 19th, 20. May 19th, 2018, but the stress has been gradually increasing. The wedding, the leaving of, of uh, the royal family, you know, going coming to America, the uh, Oprah interview, um, then Penguin. And so the Queen then went into the hospital for investigations, as they called it, uh, after Penguin made this announcement. And then in February 2022, um, she caught COVID. Now, I know lots of people caught COVID, but the more stress you're under, the more compromised your immune system is. So it is related. And then, as I said, then the book is going to be coming out uh, before Christmas now. And then Meghan and Harry came on a royal. Can you imagine what the queen must have felt when she heard that, you know, well, first of all, when she heard they were coming back, but when she heard that they were coming on this, calling it a royal tour, um, you know, anything to get publicity. And yes, um, when they were there for the Jubilee, um, you know, they saw they, they've had limited contact, but um, the, the queen was trying to be her gracious self. Um it didn't mean that she still didn't have these feelings, you know. Um, I mean, they didn't want Harry to marry Meghan in the first place. So anyhow, um, so those are for the dates, and you can make your own decision. I, I have no doubt about it. Now, um, and really the bottom line, that she didn't want to be around when um, when the book hit the shelves. She didn't want to have to undergo that humiliation. I mean, I'm not saying <laughs> I'm not saying that she did anything wrong, or there's something for her to be humiliated about. But certainly, it's about the royal family, if not the queen, you know, and that reflects on her. Um. Okay, so now let's talk about the speech that um, Prince and the, at that point King Charles made after the queen died. One of the things that he said. And, you know, it was basically a good speech. People um, uh, in the UK, you know, had positive things to say about it, That be mainly because he seemed to be showing that uh, feeling, like he heretofore has been rather cold. And, um, and in his speech, you know, where he mourned his mother, I mean, you, he didn't cry, <laughs> that I, but he did... He did seem very moved, um, 
I mean, it, it isn't, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't do for a king to cry, right? <laughs> so he didn't cry, but clearly he was very moved and he really misses his mother. And, you know, the when you have a, particularly when you have a very strong mother, not necessarily a queen, but a mother who is such a part of your life, like such a big person, you know, such a, she fills up the room kind of thing. Doesn't have to be a queen, just I'm talking about anybody um, who has a mother who's been, Oh, really a big figure in their life, it is all that much harder to lose them. Um, so anyhow, in his speech, so he the, his speech his speech was well received. And but one of the things that he said in his speech was, I want to express my love for Harry and Meghan as they continue to build their lives overseas. Now, some people interpreted that to mean that um you know, he wanted them to know that he loved them. And that may well be true. But <laughs> as they express my love for Harry and Meghan, as they continue to build their lives overseas, which seems to indicate that he is telling them, you know, you stay there. <laughs> I love you, but you just stay where you are. Don't Don't come back here and cause any more trouble, which, of course, you know, is what they had just done by going on this royal tour. In England. All right. So, um, you know, it's really interesting. Well, we're talking about Meghan and Harry. It's really interesting to think about. I I find it interesting to think about um, how Harry, the death of his grandmother, is really going to um, shake Harry up. I mean, you know, anybody's grandmother or most people's grandmothers shake them up, especially if they've been close to them as Harry once was, really. Um, although I think in part he blames her for his mother's death. I don't, and you know, I think that that's going to be a big part of the book. And that's part of why that is actually a big part of why he married Megan in the first place, um, or why he has let her uh, make him. T- t- why he has had her lead him around to do all these hateful things uh, towards the royal family, because really he's angry. I'm not sure he knows who to feel angry towards and how much of it is towards the queen, Um, but he blames them for his mother's death. He blames his father for having an affair with Camilla. I mean, that is just typical of any child whose parents got divorced and and whose parent uh, had an affair and then it led to divorce. And then it led to death. Um, you know, it's natural for a child to to be angry about that. But Harry um, has taken, because of who he is and, and you know, how he can command attention, um, he has made his feelings known. And, I mean, really, he's, you know, most of it is going to be coming out in this book. It'll be interesting to see if um, the publisher... Uh, you know, does anything to delay the publication of the book. I don't think they will, but we'll get to that too. Anyhow, um, Harry is going to be, is, is going to feel, is feeling, uh, sh- sh- his world has, has been shaken up because even though his grandmother was 96, again, he was not expecting her to die imminently. And so he's going to feel sad, of course. He's going to feel, I hope, guilty about the book, the Oprah interview, and all the other nasty things um, he and especially his wife 
have said. Um, and he's going to question at some point, if not right away, then down the line, he's going to question whether it was really worth it to marry Megan, go to the United States, away from his grandmother, away from the royal family, away from his duties. You know, remember, he went into the military, um, as did William. And, um, uh, he, you know, he, he did a lot of service at one time for his country. And um, it only changed because of Megan. And so I, I think that at some point down the road, he is going to look back on what, on what he did, what he said, and realize that, um, that, this, that, that he took the wrong path. And um, might well divorce Megan at some point down the line. Uh, if she doesn't divorce him first, when she meets some other man who um, she thinks could, you know, if particularly if the monarchy um, is less powerful at, than it was under Queen Elizabeth, um, she may well be looking for a man uh, who can bring her to a higher level of success in America, if she's going to stay in America. Um, so I would not, you know, it's, it's kind of, I, I'm not sure what's going to happen first, that he's going to divorce her, she's going to divorce him, but it is going to happen, and you heard it here first. Um, you know, I wanted to clarify something, let's see, because just because I know I was saying it really quickly because I saw that the segment was coming to an end, so in case... In case you're wondering, um, I, you know what what I had to do with um, Kate Middleton's dress and Wally Simpson's lingerie. By the way, well, it's it's because King Edward the Eighth, who is who was the Queen's uncle, abdicated his throne to marry Wallace Simpson. You know, Meghan Markle is kind of the Wallace Simpson of the day. Um, not that anybody's abdicating their their throne, but I'm just saying, um, you know, she uh, she both Wallace Simpson was a divorcee, Meghan Markle is a divorcee. There are various parallels between the two, but um, the thing is that King Edward VIII, uh, his abdication to marry Wallace Simpson is what eventually led to Queen Elizabeth. Queen Elizabeth's father, then getting the throne, and then when his her father died, Queen Elizabeth getting the throne. Now, <laughs> when I um, bought uh, Kate Middleton's dress at auction and Wallace Simpson's lingerie at the same auction in London, um, it it you know I did not I was did not foresee or think about. Uh, King. I mean, I knew it was King Edward VIII who abdicated the throne, but I wasn't really thinking about the Queen and her death and so on at that point because, um, you know, it was not imminent. In any case, the the connection, uh, my connection to those two fashion items, uh, Kate Middleton's and Wallace Simpson's, is because um, I wrote a book called Bad Girls: Why Men Love Them and How Good Girls Can Learn Their Secrets. And I was talking about how Kate Middleton is the quintessential good girl 
who used bad girl secrets to catch her prince. And one of the secrets that she used that I write about in my book was fashion, you know, to wear alluring fashion. And certainly if you know what I'm talking about um, in terms of my the dress, um, it was a dress that was meant to be worn as a skirt. And she wore it as a dress over a black bra and panties. And I think the world of Kate Middleton, this is not, uh, this is nothing. In fact, she used one of the bad girl secrets and look where she is now. <laughs> um, but, and, and so Wallace Simpson, the reason why I also bid on and got Wallace Simpson's lingerie was because I talked about how Wallace Simpson was the quintessential bad girl who used bad girl secrets to make her uh, prince or king <laughs> abdicate. Um, now, Kate Middleton's dress, actually, it went for $125,000, the original. I became friendly with the designer of her dress and asked her to make a limited edition of copies, um, uh, replicas of the dress. And I um, bought the first ones. And they both both Kate Middleton's dress and Wallace Simpson's lingerie is part of the exhibit. I contributed it to the Princess Diana exhibit. Also, I want to say again that I think that you really should try to go see that exhibit in Las Vegas because there is so, not only because of Princess Diana, there's a lot of beautiful things regarding her, but there are a lot of things about the royal family. Fascinating. It's like a museum. Um, and... And including now, of course, uh, a lot about the Queen, Queen Elizabeth. And so this is a perfect time to, to go see that exhibit um, in Las Vegas. Uh, okay, what else? Well, you know, there have also been, why do I say um, that it has sent the world into a tizzy? Um, because besides the royal family and, and um, well, let, let me just stick with the royal family for a minute, because um, uh, Charles, first of all, um, yes, there's so much about the royal family. I'll get to the rest of the people in the world uh, in a bit. Um, now, uh, Prince Charles, King Charles, um, has been encouraging the Fab Four, as they are called, or were called, Megan, Harry, William, and Kate, to make a show of burying the hatchet. He wanted the four of them um, to walk uh, out together and greet the people who were standing um, in front of the palace to, to give their um, condolences and so on. And he wanted them to, um, to do it as a foursome to um to show that they were united or whatever now i think that was not a very smart <laughs> idea um because first of all if you saw that on television or on the internet the four of them you know they were dressed in black looking very elegant very mournful very appropriate um except that they really were not uh interacting with each other if anything, um, the way they were very far apart from each other, they really weren't looking at each other. Um, they certainly weren't touching each other. And uh, if anything, it made it, them look like they were more separated than before. Um, but the real problem is that um, 
even if they were, even if they do unite temporarily for the time being because of the of the um, queen's death and the funeral and so on, um, that is all going to be blown to pieces when Harry's tell-all book comes out. Do you think anybody in the royal family is going to want to um, to mend fences with Harry and Meghan after that book comes out? Uh, I hardly think so. And is it not going to come out? It would be it would be nearly impossible to stop the book from from coming out at this point. Not with the publisher having sunk millions into it, and Megan having sunk her hopes for vindication and more attention. She's she's uh, um, salivating. Uh, she's been salivating at the uh, expectation of this book coming out. So it's going to be hard to stop a moving train, no matter how much um, they walk in public uh, somewhat together, <laughs> pretending to be together. All right, when we come back, I will talk more about other other impacts of this on the whole world, from the Emmys to a professor at uh, Carnegie Mellon saying hateful things, uh, and so on. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Tune into the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're talking today about Queen Elizabeth died of a broken heart, why and what it portends. And I know I've been kind of going on a rant (laughs) about Meghan Markle. Um, But, you know, as I was saying earlier, I love England. I I have been, my life has been very much entwined um, in England in many different ways. I've mentioned some of them. Um, 
I was also married to a professor from Cambridge. I don't think I mentioned that. So I have been, you know, as I said, starting from when I was a little girl where Jane Austen was my favorite author and then um, studying with Anna Freud at her uh, clinic in Hampstead and just many, many times going back there, living there and really respecting the queen tremendously. And it, it just... You know, I'm respecting the British people tremendously. Um, and so so it really hurts me. It has been hurting me before the Queen died. You know, whenever, since Meghan Markle came into the picture, uh, and increasingly, at, you know, especially after they did the Oprah interview and so on, um, you know, it really has been hurting me that she has been so disrespectful to the Queen and the rest of the royal family. And um, Princess... Well, you know, I don't, I don't know that she. I mean, she, she used. Um, she, she, boy, does Meghan Markle fit <laughs> into my book, a bad, bad girl's book, uh, as well, because she used, um, you know, uh, Harry's longing for his mother against him. But that's a whole. We'll do that'll be a different show. <laughs> but anyway, um, and so, so. Um, you know, when I was talking about the book and about the chance, the improbable chance that uh, the book could be stopped at this point, you know, Megan has so much. Harry might well want it to be stopped <coughs> or at least delayed, but Megan has so much control over him that, um, and then the publisher has control over them uh, to some degree, you know. I mean, I. It's hard to know what they are going to want to do, but certainly they, they've already sunk millions of dollars into paying for the book and into uh, the promotion for it for this fall and so on. So most publishers do not <laughs> stop books at this kind of point. Now, Megan's father um, has said quite a while ago of her relationship with Harry, um, She he said, so I'm repeating, Megan's father said that Harry is pussy whipped. And that is, says it all. That's exactly the problem. And at some point, Harry's going to grow up and stop being resentful, or well, I don't know about stop, but realize that his um, his anger at his father for his affair and his anger at the royal family for, you know, perhaps he believes some of the conspiracy theories about that they had Diana killed, his mother killed. I don't know. But at some point, he's going to grow up and realized that he made a horrible mistake. And this death of his beloved grandmother might well be the at least the beginning of this awakening for him. Now, um, um, getting back to King Charles, um, he, you know, he said um, that he, since he, since he is now king, he said that he would not any longer um, be a proponent or of, of some of his causes, that he realizes that being a king or a queen, you know, you have to be there for all the people and not just your pet causes. But I think you all know that um, one of his ca pet causes, his cause celebrities, um, is the environment. And um, 
And yet, even though he said that he was renouncing <laughs> his causes celeb, in fact, they have asked foreign dignitaries who are coming to the Queen's funeral to only use transportation that saves the environment. Now, where is that coming from, if not King Charles? Um, you know, there are also, um, there have also been reports, and I will just mention it, but of course I prefer not to believe it. I'm, I'm waiting, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop, and I, I was kind of surprised and disappointed by this announcement about uh, foreign dignitaries must, must uh, use only transportation that saves the environment. Um, because that does go along with what I was just going to say, which is that there are reports that he is part of the World Economic Forum, part of the um, elite leaders who want a one-world government. Of course, it would not make sense for him. <laughs> In some ways, it wouldn't make sense for him to want a one-world government because he's the king of England now. He has his own little world. Um, but anyhow, so I'm putting that on hold uh, whether he really is a member of the World Economic Forum or not. This is a group of elites who, you know, you if you've heard some of my prior uh, shows, I've had guests and we've talked about this, not about King Charles because he wasn't king <laughs> at that point, or even, I don't even think we talked about Charles before uh, at all, but we have talked about the World Economic Forum and the plan that they have to take over the world and have uh, them be essentially the rulers of the world. And we're all, Slaves, serfs, uh, making money and um, uh, giving, what, giving whatever money we have to them, but not having possessions, not owning anything, getting hand, you know, socialism. We're talking about socialism and communism. So anyhow, I don't want to say, I don't want to believe that King Charles is a member of that. Um, I just am a little surprised and disappointed by this whole environmental uh you know, in fact, um, standing up for his environment, you know, for his for his cause uh, about the environment. And I mean, that's kind of a crazy thing anyway, <laughs> even if he wasn't uh, a, a proponent uh, to save the environment, you know, just asking foreign dignitaries, telling foreign dignitaries how to get to England for the funeral is a bit much regardless of whether you are for or against, you know, uh, whether you believe in climate change or not. Anyhow, let's now go to a different, um, different way that this is affecting the world. And that is another, another disturbing way. And that is, there is this professor at Carnegie Mellon University called Uju Anya. She's 46 years old. And, um, her mother is from Trinidad and her father is from Nigeria. And when uh, Queen Elizabeth died, she tweeted about how she hoped that the queen had had an excruciatingly painful death, quote, excruciatingly painful, unquote, death. Uh, and she, she justified her saying this by saying that half her family was slaughtered with guns and bombs that the monarchy sent. Um, she said that she, you know, that in, in the 
countries that her parents are from, there was colonization and enslavement, quote unquote, I mean, quote, colonization and enslavement, unquote, um, of people from both of the places that her parents are from, and that that's why she hates the monarchy. And, um, and, um, you know, what's, what's really, and then she, of course, she got backlash on Twitter. I tweeted something about it too. I, I wrote, um, I wrote that it was, you know, really hateful and, and racist and so on. And that, um, and that she should be fired. But as it turns out, um, after this got in the news, you know, after her tweet came out and then, then there were news reports about it. Um, there was a, le- a letter was written and signed by hundreds of her current and former students. So they agreed with this hateful speech. The queen isn't even buried yet. And she's talking about her in these horrible ways, excruciatingly painful death. Um, And, you know, she was saying that she was a child of colonization. Uh, Her perspective was shaped by Britain's role in the Nigerian Civil War. Well, that may well be true, but um, she goes on and on. She said, quote, Queen Elizabeth was representative of the cult of white womanhood. Now she's taken a little far. The cult of white womanhood. Uh, I didn't know I was in a cult. <laughs> um, and the the ir- ironic part, you know, is that she is an applied linguistics professor. An applied linguistics professor. So she knows the power of words and the specific words. And she chose excruciatingly painful death. Um, she said, quote, there's this notion that she was this little old lady grandma type with her little hats and her purses and little dogs and everything. Yes, she was. A really cute little corgis. And also, I love the queen because she was a horse lover and rider, which I am. Forgot to mention that. Um, and Okay, getting back to the quote from this um, U- Uju Anya. I'll start again. She said, quote, there's this notion that she was this little old lady grandma type with her little hats and her purses and little dogs and everything, as if she inhabited this place or this space in the imaginary, this public image, as someone who didn't have a hand in the bloodshed of her crown. Unquote. Then, um, I mean, you know, <clears throat> first of all, why does everything have to be turned into a racial issue? I mean, <laughs> um, and then, and then Anya said, she's defending herself, she said, quote, in my tweet, I did not wish her dead, I did not tell anyone to kill her. I said nothing except wishing her the pain in death that she caused for millions of people. There's not going to be any apology from me. I stand by what I said. Oh, well, her family is missing her. My family is mourning as well. I mean, seriously? Um, Really, really... um, you know, not everything is really sad that people, you know, we've come so far in America, we've come so in all over the world, we have come not in some places, it's not as far as others, but we have come a long way. And um, people now bringing up seeing the world in, you know, by the color of somebody's skin, 
is really, really very sad. Then even the Emmys got into this whole thing. Um, HBO hit show creator disses King Charles III in Emmys speech. So um, uh, Jesse Armstrong, who's a UK native, uh, told the star-studded crowd at the Emmy Awards, quote, uh, evidently a little more voting involved in our winning than Prince Charles. Like, really? And so the headline of this story is uh, Succession Slam. Like, really? You have to say that to, to King Charles, um, you know, right after his mother died? Then what else? Then Emmy's snub Queen Elizabeth omit her... in from In Memoriam segment. Now, I know their excuse is going to be that they already uh, pre-produced the Memoriam segment and they couldn't add her, which of course is not true. It doesn't take very much time to add someone. Um, oh, then this, this is actually a little gallows humor here. Um, the article headline is, Embarrassing Free Advertising on Queen's Hearse Anger's mourners. Yes, the um, the funeral home <laughs> uh, that embalmed um, uh, or whatever they did to the queen. I don't know that they embalmed her, but in any case, they were responsible for putting her in a coffin. The coffin that is um, then in a hearse was put on a hearse and has been making its way to London. Um, it had a, 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 a claw, a blanket, part of the blanket said the name of the um of the funeral home <laughs> and this is was making its way you know in front of the um so that that got you know and they changed it as soon as it was noted in the media the funeral home i don't know found a different blanket or somehow they they erased it i mean they couldn't literally erase it but they they found something to put over the name of the funeral home um if that was on purpose, you know, for advertising, that was very poor and in very poor taste. But I don't know that it was. I think it probably was just a, an oversight. Of course, how do you have an oversight on the Queen? But in any case, how did somebody not notice it before it got as far as it did? That's another question. Then people are saying, Harry, if you really want to honor your dad, nix your salacious tell-all and rein in your royals trashing wife. And not to be outdone, um, even Howard Stern got into the act. Uh, he said that the U.S. coverage of Queen's death was annoying, that there was too much of it. And he's saying, enough. I mean, really? <laughs> for, for someone who does more self-promotion, um, well, not so much these days, I guess, but who has done more self-promotion than many others, um, I, you know, how, uh, you know, people just getting into the act. I think it's terrible. Um, the queen should be, and will be by most remembered as a wonderful woman. Uh, the country's grandma. We all felt a little safer when we went to sleep, knowing that the queen was in her castle or Balmoral, wherever the case may be. Thank you for listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. Uh, I'll be back with you next week. And uh, you've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm Dr. Carol Lieberman. 
Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.